Coco Butter Radio. When you hear it, you feel it. I'm your host, King Mike, Mr. Keep It Moving, and as always, thank you for pressing play. Today, we talk with Coco Butter Radio featured artist Mick Lott. Straight out of Austin, Texas, we talk about how her Ethiopian descent mixes and merges with the Austin, Texas music scene. We also discuss the new wave of R&B, how she fits in, and how she stands out. She's performing at ACL, Austin City Limits, a really big deal. We talk about her excitement as she prepares for that opportunity. We get into a few other things as well. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get to know me a lot. Coco Butter Radio. Radio. Coco Butter Radio, when you hear it, you feel it. It's your host and resident DJ King might keep it moving, but now I'm doing something a little different. I'm going to interview one of the first artists to be on the show. We have made lots on the show <laughs> what is good man lot how you doing hello hello i'm good i'm very good how are you <laughs> i'm doing great so as a good host i've done my research i know you have ethiopian background uh, born and raised mm-hmm. in austin texas however right yes sir that's it well I, i'm from san antonio but i've lived in austin since i went to ut uh, so i've been here for a while not many, hook yeah, hook them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but it gets it, it's it's interesting to me because it's not many Ethiopians in Austin. I mean, I've been to DC and I've been to New York. I've been to a couple other places where the the there there's an enclave and there's a lot of 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 that culture, that ethnic, that that whatever you want to call it, people from that country there. Not too many in Austin. So how did that even happen? Well, yeah, like when so my parents immigrated to uh to the states in the 80s and you know they kind of went all over the place my dad went to la first and stuff and then they had a friend here and then they came to austin Mm -hmm. um but when they got to austin they were a a group of like 24 ethiopians at the time something like that like very very few people um and over time it's kind of grown and you know slowly the community has expanded and more and more people are here. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, there's a good, there's a good size, you know, community in Austin. But like you said, like comparative to, I think DC has the largest diaspora population of Mm -hmm. Ethiopians, um, and Eritreans as well, I believe. But, uh, yeah, DC is huge. They've got a huge population. Like you can't, I'm, I mean, I'm fluent in the language Uh and, Growing up in Austin, like I'd go out with my parents somewhere and I'd be speaking the language and, you know, nobody would be none the wiser what I'm saying. I, I could say, hand me a napkin or I could say, oh, my God, look at that guy's face. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I went to D.C. and I opened my mouth and I thought nobody could hear me. I look around. Shoot, everybody could hear me. They know so what time it is. It's no secret they, language. No, okay. not at all. Not at all. But, yeah, it's a, it's a different um, it's different there for sure. Dallas has a larger population. Houston has a larger population. But. But Austin, we've got some restaurants, we've got yeah. some, you yeah. know, churches and community things. So I had my know. first experience with Ethiopian food about two, maybe three years ago in DC. And so I Oh man. Yeah, I uh, I guess I don't know if it's called sopa or whatever it was called, but it was Angela. Yeah, I think yeah, sopa yeah. is a different okay. like uh, I think that's a different country. A different so everything. I, I know. It. Listen, it was my first time. You gotta <laughs> <laughs> be easy on me but i just know they were like you have to you, eat they eat with your hands i was like okay so i, I dug yeah. all the way in i wasn't really feeling 
the 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 bread or whatever. So they gave me a French roll. So they were like, yeah, you know. But I tried. Yeah, yeah. I gave it an honest so, effort. And I applaud you for that because <laughs> a lot of people, you know, you're not the only one. Okay. There's, there's been plenty of people who, you know, that the bread is just not not the business for them. <laughs> for for a lot of people, it's an acquired taste. You okay. know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But. uh I love it. Right, I cool. love Vendetta. Well, let's get into sure. the let's get into the music a little bit. Um, okay. When people hear your music, I mean, what do you want them to feel, or what feelings are you trying to tap into? Um, tell me about some of those kinds of emotions you try to draw out. I think in every song, regardless of you know what the song is talking about whether it's like relationships or the world or how I feel or whatever the main point that I try to get across is the possibility of of uh of happiness Mm -hmm. the the existence of hope so that you know whether things are great and you're happy the the feeling of you know yes it can continue and I can continue being this great or if it's like you know everything in my life sucks Mm -hmm. I feel terrible right now (laughs) Um, it's like, but I know that this is a time that'll pass. So it's always something that, you know, I, I, I believe in it and I want my music to reflect that because that's how I communicate with people, Mm -hmm. um, through my songs. And I just want everybody to know that there is, you know, there is hope. There's always a silver lining. There's always, um, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to kind of make sure you remember that. And that's what I want my music to do. Was there someone in your life that inspired you to be hopeful? Um, Or is that just something that was innate or where did that kind of writing style come from? I think, honestly, I think it comes a lot from my mom, how my mom is her, her thing was to always smile, always be happy, always love people. Don't judge people. And always be positive about whatever the situation is because it could always be worse. Okay. And I think, you know, growing up with um, that type of mentality, you realize, you know, there's always going to be, a, a, there's always a way out. Even though it, it seems impossible, even if it's been years that you've been stuck in a certain situation, mm-hmm. that there is a way out and you just got to kind of, you know, keep your head up, keep pushing and, and keep your spirits up and eventually you'll get there. And, you know, I asked that question because um, I kind of do get that feeling when I hear your, your music. Um, a lot of R&B out right now is it, 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 singers trying to rap, or singers being kind of hip-hop thugs or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. when I hear your kind of, well, there's been a breath of, of new artists that are kind of pushing uh, back into, I wouldn't even say traditional R&B, but just getting away from the hip-hop part and, and getting back to singing emotions and feelings and I think you're doing a great job ushering that feeling back in. Oh, well, that's awesome that you mentioned that because that that has been a point. Because there was a point, like you said, where every R&B singer was kind of going into this like hip hoppy thing, mm-hmm. which is cool if that's what you're feeling. Like I have nothing, I, I have no qualms with that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I do think that just because everybody wants to write you know, a song that's about, you know, fuck that dude or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm a, whatever that negative sentiment <laughs> is, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm just not like, I may have negative sentiments in my song, but yeah. I always, I always cap it off with a, but you know, yeah. like, I know this isn't 
where I want to be. I know that I know that there's a, a better way to handle this or a better way to see this. Exactly. And um, I think, and that's just how I am in real life. And mm-hmm. and like I said, this is how I can, This is how I've been able to best communicate with the most people ever in my life because I was a shy kid. I was always, you know, like afraid to speak up. So this is my way of speaking that into the world and hopefully making a positive impact. Well, and I ma- think it's really important. <laughs> I, I think it's very important as well. And I applaud you on, on the strategy or not even a strategy, but just coming from your soul and doing what you're doing. So with that being said, you are impacting a lot of people uh, and, and people are really enjoying your music to the point to where you got placed on ACL so tell me what it's like <laughs> anticipating your performance at such a big uh, music festival that's in your hometown. Tell me what you're feeling. What are you anticipating? I mean, just walk somebody through it because not too many people get that opportunity. Yeah, man. First off, I feel blessed. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's one thing to, I mean, for me to even have been able to make one project, let alone five, mm-hmm. um, has been the biggest blessing. Cause I, I wasn't sure that I would even have that opportunity, but then, you know, like you said, growing up here in Austin, Texas, like this is a, a festival I've heard about for years. Yep. And in fact, like I haven't ever even gone to ACL. So when I was asked to perform, I, I lost my shit. Like I, <laughs> I, I won't lie. I'm not even going to front. I'm not going to. Yeah. Like I, I was so excited because uh-huh. this is my hometown. And on top of that, one of the reasons why I never really went was because I just never, it, Austin's kind of been going through a music evolution, if uh-huh. you will, okay. you know, like different genres are starting to bubble up and actually get some recognition. Um, Cause even though it's the live music capital of the world, it's been, mainly like the the guys with the guitars old guys with guitars that kind of you know that flourish in the city um and now different genres are being able to bubble up and to be a part of that and then to to see myself on stage and be like oh my god like this is like this is happening like this is crazy so i'm i'm very happy i i'm i'm very lucky i'm very blessed and very humbled um, and I'm really excited to to get up there and, mm. you know, show, you know, I mean, Jay-Z is the freaking headliner. Come on. <laughs> like, like to be able to represent Austin and represent what I do and be who I am and um, share that with as many people as possible. Like, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm so thrilled. Well, congratulations again. And uh, thank you. I heard you saying you're going to try to represent Austin. I'm sure you're going to uh, definitely rep- represent Ethiopia. Can you talk a little bit about how Austin and Ethiopia fuse into your music, if at all? Oh, man. Like, I've always tried to, like, sprinkle bits and pieces in there, but it wasn't until my last album where I really, really just kind of went for it, Mm -hmm. where I had a song on there called Gonjo, Mm -hmm. which means beautiful Mm -hmm. in the language. Um, And that was featuring Xavier Omar. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, that was that was my first like little, OK, let's see how people react to this, you know. Yeah. And then I also wrote an entire song, which was acapella in the language of Ethiopia, Amharic. So um, the song is called Nang and it's about um, 
the names that my grandmothers would call me because neither of them called me by my real name. Nice. Um, one mm-hmm. would call me Adi Salem, which means new world. Mm-hmm. And the other one would call me Moded, which means to love. Um, and it was just kind of this, I don't know. It was like a very spiritual, mm-hmm. extra, no, oh my God, I can't speak. Anyway, well, I, I, the word. I get what you're getting but, to. Yeah, it was just it was just a very powerful experience for me. And, you know, at the end of it all, I kind of felt like, okay, I, with the names of that my grandmothers gave me, I feel like my purpose is to lead with love. Exactly. And and that's what I'm, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this is my purpose. And it wasn't an intentional song. I wasn't intending to write anything in Amharic. I just kind of, it just kind of all flowed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was cool to just have the merging of my music and my heritage and all that in that song and, and ultimately feel like I found purpose. Nice. You know, good stuff. Okay. So you're on ACL. We all know it's a huge music festival. Um, can you talk a little bit about when and if you even feel like you've caught your first break in the music industry? We know a lot of people, uh, are chasing this dream. Um, how does it feel where you are right now? Do you feel like, I'm, not, I'm sure you don't feel like you've made it. I mean, do we ever feel like that? But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm sure yeah. you're feeling like you're catching some kind of break. Can you talk about one of the first breaks you caught? Or if not, just tell me what it, what you think it's going to feel like or, 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 or where you're at right now in your journey. Okay. I don't know. Um, man. <laughs> well, no. I mean, no one said this was no. going to be easy. I know. I was like, why has he got to ask me such good and difficult questions? I got to say, I don't know. Um, no, I, I, it's one of those things where you're always running, right? And yep. you just keep running and keep running and keep running. And you're not looking up. You're not looking down. You're just looking straight ahead. All exactly. you see is the horizon. Mm-hmm. You don't, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so you don't realize how many miles you run or what you passed or where you are or anything like that. So to feel like you caught a break is, I don't know. I feel like I would not be as, I don't know, as like, I don't know, but I think there were, there are certain points that, you know, when I look back on them, um, it's just kind of like, you know, when I got my first like national like blog posts, Mm -hmm. like when I was on two dope for the first time, DJ booth and Mm -hmm. the fader. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, just doing things like that. And then um, certain venues, when I played like Stubbs in Austin for the first time, when I played New York for the first time, LA for the first time. Um, And then up until now where, you know, I, I wanted to play festivals. And then this year I played Solstice Fest in Austin, Mm -hmm. Babes Fest. Um, I'm playing ACL. And then I'm also doing Sound on Sound in November. Nice. Um, so it's just, you know, there, I, I don't know if I would necessarily call it catching a break mm-hmm. yet, but I mean, I do feel blessed and I do feel like I worked really hard yeah, um, definitely, and, definitely. and, you know, made a lot of progress. Cause when I do look back, it's like, man, okay, you know, we, we've been running and mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna keep going. I'm just going to keep going until. I don't know. I'm just going to keep going, well, <laughs> you know? Well, that, I mean, that was a, a great answer, first off. So you, you really, you, it was, I definitely understand where you're coming from. What, yeah. what, so you, it's been a process from your first project to where you are now. 
has there been a progression, a noticeable progression in in your albums? Uh, meaning, I know the music gets better, right? We all, oh, we, all yeah. we all get better with our craft if we put in the time. But is there a certain progression as far as how you express your art in your albums, or is it? Just- yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. The first project I put out, Canon Afea, right? Like mm-hmm. that. The the Canons, which there's two of them. They came out one right up, well, a year apart, but one right after the other. So those first two mentally i was more in a space of you know the first one i was more in a space of like do i want to do this can i do this is it even a possibility Mm -hmm. second album was more of like okay i want to do this this is what i'm going to do how the hell do i make it happen exactly um and the third album move me was Mm -hmm. more of like a love story okay um and so that just kind of goes through all the emotions i was going through you know Mm -hmm. uh whether it was a personal one or relating to the relationship and then after that it was it happened so fast which was just kind of like okay wow like you know (laughs) i've i've made some progress it happened so damn fast literally right okay literally Uh um and that that definitely had more like a summer vibe a fun vibe it just kind of like you know it happens fast and you got to kind of enjoy the moment um and then that brings me to my last album which was maven um which was very much a a defining album for me um that's where you know my heritage the Amharic song really comes in um and I really you know my mom my dad uh my a couple of my really good friends were on that album um so it's it was very much a a, a defining album for me just like okay this is who I am I'm realizing it I've got it Mm -hmm. now I need to wrap it all up and and like just keep moving forward with it nice. so um yeah it's been uh, a, a huge journey personally not just musically but it's it's been a, a rough tough mm-hmm. road personally mm-hmm. well your story yeah. it's great hearing your story and um <laughs> as we wrap can you talk can you tell us a little bit about the next project you have up um i know you mentioned move me which dropped in 2014 mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I talked to your people and I think we're getting a move me part two. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, we made move me one and people loved it. It was, it was an amazing response. And then from there, people have been asking us over the past few years to, to, you know, get back together, get in the studio and make the second one. Exactly. Um, and you know, it it took a little bit of time. We were both working on a bunch of other stuff and now it's, it's definitely time for move me Two. Um, and we released the first song from Mm -hmm. that, the Mm -hmm. now, um, maybe about a month ago or so. Mm -hmm. Um, and the response to that has been amazing, whether live or online or, whatever Mm -hmm. so um yeah i'm really thrilled because this is like i said it's definitely settling back down into reality a little more about you know sometimes it's not always you know gumdrops and roses so um it's it's uh it's fun to write from that perspective um but still have that that you know that awesome transport J feel to the, mm-hmm. to the tracks. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, so. well, Milad, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on Cocoa Butter Radio and being my first interview. I had a really good time. I think <laughs> if all my interviews can be as inf- insightful as this one, I think, man, it's going to be a good time. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be the very first uh, interviewee. Thank you. you. Well, thank you for making the time. Tell the people some ways they can reach out to you, uh, where they can find your music, all that kind of stuff. Just throw your stuff out there. Sure, sure. Um, You can find my music anywhere you listen, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, iTunes. Um, and you can find me online at Behold Maylot, M-E-L-A-T, on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow me, send me a message, and I'll hit you back. He said, oh baby, the man tying you down. From nine to five, he won't let you out. Talk about something.